Are we live, guys? Live. Oh, shit. All right. Welcome back to the Delivering More podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for another In the News episode. What month is it? You know, I think it's May. Right. And we're back in our fresh fit. Yeah, baby. Fresh fit. Look, you know what? Fresh fit with them. Let's tighten up those ties a little bit. Tighten up those ties a little bit. Why does my knee tighten? You never know. You never know. I've been a news anchor for three months, brother. Don't tell me what's going on, okay? Uh oh. All right. We're getting a little note from the producers when he turns me getting down, folks. One moment. <clears throat> you know, here's the thing about producing is normally those things happen before you start recording. We actually we actually didn't do any audio tests, so that was probably our mistake. Sorry. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? I'm ready to go. It's a beautiful Friday afternoon morning evening whenever you want to consume the content consume it folks we're not putting a a, a blueprint or a timestamp on it. you do what you gotta do you handle your business you come you come and join us whenever you want to see what do you get you guys is that coffee no just some water okay you fr- yeah. liven up the palate <clears throat> yeah and our sign that, keeps falling yeah, down that, that's gonna be an issue I, I can feel that i can already feel that happening definitely gonna be an issue but uh there we go it's june 3rd I believe at time of this release, May in the news, we're going to start it off how we always do, T. We got some new acquisitions and mergers, and we got producer Nate on the mic today. My, Nate, are you on the mic? Can you can you show us that? We're here. A little check, Ooh, check. He's there, wow. folks. He's there. We're live in the building. Nate's going to be feeding us the headlines, actually, so I don't have to keep flipping my paper over here today and, and getting back to my notes, because I got a lot of I notes I got them up today. here, too. Oh, yeah, and yeah, obviously you can surf the web over there if needed. Um, so let's kick it off. Acquisitions and mergers. Where are we starting, Nate? Starting with Fat Brands, acquiring Nestle Tollhouse. You know what? That's a good one. This is a good one, and we'll get into the details here, but because Fat Brands has made some major moves this year. I major. mean, crazy. Yeah, we, if we want to start there. So in 2021, Fat Brands, as the conglomerate, had a little M and A action of almost a billion dollars. What's M and A? Mergers and acquisitions. Oh, yeah, you got it. Uh, <laughs> nine hundred mil. I honestly don't even know if that's what M and A means. I just know that we're talking about acquisitions and mergers, and assume that that's what it means. Okay, so that's I, that's just, what it means on, pie- on this news channel. That's what that means. That's what that's going to mean moving forward. I'm just piecing together a puzzle here, folks, for you. But they did nine hundred mil in acquisitions and mergers in six months in 2021. Uh, a few major major brands they acquired as well you got you got a list of what they pulled up in 2021 yeah this is actually interesting too because it's not like all these brands are like the same thing so um they have acquired one was fazoli's yeah so they brought in round table pizza marble slab creamery great american cookies pretzel maker and hot dog on a stick the company then acquired twin peaks for three hundred million dollars, Twin Peaks and Fazoli's for one hundred and thirty, and then Native Grill and Wings for twenty million. So you have a wide range of um, food here, different kinds of food, all kinds of brands, cookies, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you know, this begs a question for me, and I'm not like a business guy, so maybe this is an easily answered question, but why? I really don't have much of an answer for you there. We can obviously dive into the rabbit hole if we want to, obviously and, and maybe, uh, yeah, I mean, they they got the money to spend. I think obviously too coming out of the COVID pandemic and everything, I think everything was for the taking at that time too. You know what I mean? Like at that point in time, you're never going to be able to buy lower on a restaurant because yeah. their sales are, are down. 
Oh, that's true. Their foot traffic is down. So at that point, you're buying low and hoping to immediately. I mean, by I'm sure 2022, they're seeing sales and percentage increases, revenue year over year that are going to be double digits. So well, and that's what they said too. So even though they spent 900 million dollars, listen to this. So, um, so they spent 500 million dollars in less than or 900, sorry, 900 million dollars in less than six months and grew to 17 concepts, 2,300 franchise and company run locate locations globally. And their system-wide sales were $2.3 billion still. So they're still at $1.4 billion above what they spent on these acquisitions. I don't know what profit looks like in those, right. but they're doing pretty darn good. And I, I like, I really like what they did with the Nestle, the Nestle purchase here because, as you saw in 2021, they purchased another company called Great American Cookie. Which we deliver for. And they're literally, so what they're doing is they're converting these Nestle locations to Great American Cookie locations. And I think for me, because I, I think the Nestle Toll House, they do a lot of dessert style things, like some cookies, some cookie action, some cake action. So I've I think a couple. in my mind, it, it's easy um, to just flip that location. You know, they probably have already very similar equipment, very similar POS system, very similar back of house interactions. Mm-hmm. So it might not be as difficult to just take one brand to the other when they were already very similar um, in their beginning. Yeah, it should be a smooth transition. Two things surprised me before we move on to this next one. One, Nestle's a huge company. So, I mean, they're definitely bigger than fat brands. And uh, I, I wonder what, you know, um, pushed them into selling the company. You know what I mean? They're, I don't know of any other Nestle-run restaurants. Yeah, and, and I know that article does not disclose the amount it was purchased for, unfortunately, too. So I'd be very, I'll be very interested to know when that, when that information comes out. And then secondly, um, for any folks out there who are like, wow, these places sell like cookies, ice cream cookies and stuff like that. Like, how are they like doing so well? Well, I mean, we've delivered orders to places like Amazon and other companies where they literally will order like 5,000 cookies from Great American Cookies. I mean, they're doing. Yeah, we did. We didn't. We had we had like a, a delivery down south, I think, where we had to get like four or five drivers. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had we had a couple. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah there like, it was like throughout the day. Yeah, probably going to an Amazon warehouse. Five so, yeah. thousand. Great American cookies. cookie. Shout out, Great American cookie. Let's, uh, Nate. Let's get into the next one. All right, acquisition number two. Um, Wildworks buys Barberitos and Zoop. Nice, nice. I I like this one. I I like when I'm more familiar with the the places that are getting acquired. Obviously, I've never been to a Nestle Toll House. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Fat Brands acquired Fazoli's last year. We have a Fazoli's right down the road. So like that's kind of nice seeing brands you're familiar with. I'm pretty familiar with Zoop. We got Zoop right over here on Portage. Um, I've I've delivered catering deliveries for Zoop myself yeah. personally. Catering bags, you get the you get the boxes of soup. You got your coffees, things of that nature. Very easy deliveries to knock out. Yeah, um, they're like maybe two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollar order costs usually, and it's usually two to three bags maximum. It, it's very easy to transport. They have it boxed up very precisely, very neatly, so there's no issue of soup spillage upon transfer, upon drop off, things like that. So I do really appreciate a brand yeah. like Zoop who understands, you know, what they can really get out of their business model. Um, Barberitos is down in the southeast. So yeah, we I, deliver, but I've never been there. Yeah, so I imagine like the Floridas, the Georgias of the world, maybe the, some Carolinas, something like that. Um, but they're another Mexican concept. I imagine pretty similar to like we got Moe's right over here. Barberitos is probably pretty similar to that. Um, I, I would imagine, I don't know, it could be just fishing for some content here. No, yeah. And here's the thing, too, <clears throat> that always surprised me. Wowworks, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've never heard of Wowworks, right? But I've heard yeah, of Barberitos. They're pretty, they're pretty and new, though. Are they? Yeah. So that now they run six fast casuals, um, and they will now operate more than 400 restaurants combined by the end of this year. Yep. And here are the restaurants that Wowworks actually runs. So uh, they opened 60 new restaurants in 2021, including 42 Salad Works, 10 Garbanzo Mediterranean Fresh, eight Fruitables, which I've heard of as well, um, and 
now they have Zoop and Barbarita. As we're missing one there. I'm not really sure which one. Oh, Southwestern Grill and Cantina. Oh, no, that's Barbarita's. That's, that, that's, it's called Barbarita's, actually, Southwestern, Southwestern Grill. Grill and Cantina. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a little brief history on Wildworks, too, if you didn't dive into that article too much. They were formed in December 2020. The parent company of Salad Works, yeah. when they bought Fruta Bowls and Garbanzo Mediterranean, they formed the parent company Wildworks. So now they owned those three concepts, have since added on. Now they're adding, adding five and six Barbaritos. And like you said, end of the year, 400 plus, plus restaurants. Um, I, I, there were there some pretty good quotes in that article too. I, if you want to scroll down, maybe there's a, there's a quote about uh, the values and things of that nature. I'll, I'll read it off while you can find it and see who said it for me. But they basically said uh, they thought Zoop and Barbaritos meshed very well with their uh, brand's values, which are be passionate, be inventive, be accountable, be fulfilled, and be real. R-E-A-L. Kelly Roddy. Be real. Kelly Roddy, wow, CEO. 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 I knew he was a CEO. Couldn't recall the name. Kelly Roddy. He's a, he's a bigwig in the industry, I believe, too, as well. Been all over the place. So got to appreciate Kelly. Um, and, and you have to appreciate anyone who's going to you know, set their ideals and their foundations by specific, like, uh, would you call those moral, morals? What, what would you call those? Yeah, I think they're values. Morals, they're, they're, they're values to live by, you know? Right. Um, and that's the thing when you come into a, like corporate world, you know, you, you a lot of times there's this idea that uh, people no longer have emotion. They're all worried about money. There's no real tangible authenticity attached to businesses right. and things like that. But there, it's a people are still people, and and it's awesome to see something like this. Who now runs six well-known restaurant chains to try to bring an actually good message right into this um into this industry environment yeah i was just gonna throw a word out for you and and i will say too i, I forget who said this i'm sure someone more relative more famous than any individual i can think of said this but they always said um hire on attitude and values not on skill because you can teach skills but you can't you can't teach you know morals and values and things of that nature like your fundamental beliefs so yeah. if you hire people who align with your your company's values your company's beliefs well, you can teach them any possible skill you want. You know that just takes a little more time. So yeah, I mean Elon Musk has a similar, you know, um, theory. Just, just very much so like that. You know, he's he's like, yeah, you don't even need to have gone to college to work for me. Um, you know, he 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 kind of tests you more on your your personality and like who you are. So yeah. and I mean, that's a successful freaking company. Let's I mean, come on. Yeah, you know it works. You're an authentic person. Well, let's move on to this next one. Get it. All right. So this next one, what is it, Nate? The Lost Cajun is acquired by executive decisions groups. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this one, I, I didn't put the link on this one. I, if you, I should have told Nate that previously. But the Lost Cajun, who is it? Executive decisions group. Executive decisions groups. I just uh, I just wasn't very familiar with the Lost Cajun. So I put it in our in our article, but I didn't actually pull it up. If you want to pull it up, we can talk about it real quick. I also wasn't sure who the executive decisions group was. So I listed it under our M&A activity but I didn't think we were going to touch on too much there. Yeah. Um, if we, if we want to just scoot on to the next one, I'm more than happy to. Unless yeah. you find something quick. Well, I do want to say, all right, we don't know much about this one, but the Lost Cajun is definitely not a small brand. They're in California, Colorado, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas. And how many how many locations many? do you think you got there? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty, twenty-three, twenty-five, twenty to twenty-five. Yeah. All right, Lost Cajun, upcoming brand, Lost Cajun, acquired by. Sounds delicious. Executive decision group. Look, I mean, it's got to be a, a fast casual like Mexican concept. You think? Um, I don't know. Sometimes Cajun is more of like a Jamaican style. You know, 
Um, but yeah, you're. It looks like Louisiana. Yeah, like fried shrimp platters. Oh yeah, yeah. You, oh okay, Louisiana. Yeah. yeah, Cajun. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Little little uh, gumbo. Yeah. Little jambalaya. Some some nice and hard. It's an interesting place with like its own culture. Yeah, for and sure. And that's cool. They're bringing it to the world. Um. All right, all right Nate. What we got next? The last one is going to be Denny's acquiring Kiki's Breakfast Cafe. This one. I'll say out out of the gate. The article kind of stumped me to begin with because I don't know about you, but for me and Nate, you can obviously chime in here too. For me, Denny's has always been like an 8 a.m. or like a 3 a.m. place. Like I'm either eating there first thing in the morning or I'm eating there late, late at night because, yeah, because I need to get something in my belly. Yeah. And in the article, it basically says they acquired Kiki's in order to jump into the AM eatery segment. So it's like we got first watch over there, uh, names a couple of competitors uh, who are also in that market. But yeah, I, like first watch. I literally just said first watch. Oh. Have you ever been there? Great place. No, I actually haven't. Uh, really, really, really expensive, but that's because the food actually it does end up being high quality. Well, and that's, that's also, we can dive down that realm too, but what... Denny's for you is that not an AM eatery segment already? Because in there it says it's like an all day diner, and for me, I've never I've never gone to Denny's. I don't know. People might go there for lunch. Well, they have they. I think their their menu. Um, I mean, people get breakfast there a lot, obviously, but their menu goes into lunch. It goes right. into dinner. They have like a giant menu that covers every single thing. Right, but like like IHOP, that's an AM eatery, is it not? Or yeah. Is that an all day diner? No, they have lunch too as well. But they, I mean, you're right. Like they, you have this persona. Right. Of of being an AM eatery to the public, but you you do offer everything, you know, things outside of that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it is that is what it is. Just my personal opinion. I I already thought they were an AM eatery. That's besides the point, though. They're trying to get into the AM eatery business by acquiring Kiki Kiki's, was it Breakfast Grill, Cafe, Breakfast Cafe, Breakfast Cafe, a solid eighty two point five mil, little pocket change. Yeah, and it is kind of pocket change for them because we got to put this into perspective. Denny's runs more than. 1600 Ooh. locations gotta turn that phone off that is a ton of locations so um they're definitely i guess they're kind of i know it's 83 million dollars but to me still they're they're dabbling and changing a little bit of their concept or right the concept of their parent company you know? yeah and, and as you get further in the article it actually basically says that the reason they're acquiring kiki's is because it's um i don't want to say uh i don't know how to put this like politely and nicely but the demographic of Denny's and Kiki's seems to be uh, a bit different. So Denny's, you know, you're walking in there expecting to spend like five to ten bucks a plate, maybe. Yeah. And I think Kiki's a little more upscale. I guess is a better way to say it. the demographics a little different. Said the the items on the menu are a little pricier. Um, so they're basically just trying to make sure they can hit all demographics. So you know, um, your, millennials, your, your average households. Yeah, it said something on there about like millennials who make seventy five thousand a year. I know they got real specific. If, if you're making seventy five thousand a year as a millennial, like what? We're millennials, right? Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, good for them. All right, well, good for me. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> no, but hey, for real though, the uh, the it is an interesting take, and I think it is the right move because I could see Denny's being something that does kind of fall out of maybe the view as time goes on. For generations to come, people are more into like new, you know, organic things. Um, yeah, honestly, very, not, people very, are into more expensive, very like nuanced experiences. Yeah, yeah. All right, so, Man. so that I mean, yeah, that wraps up M and A. M&A. Uh, we talked about three major ones. I also had the Los Cajun acquisition by Executive Decision Group on there as well. Um, but let's uh, 
I'm we got some. For these. Yeah, we yeah we got some in the news. Top headlines. These major, are major headlines. Major okay? headlines. We were doing yeah. acquisitions, mergers, partnerships. These are major he- headlines happening in the food industry, and it is very exciting, especially these first three that we're going to go over. Actually, right. all of them are pretty darn exciting, but these first three I'm really excited for. Yeah, and we can start out. Nate, uh, what, what do you got for the first article there, boss? Wingstop is entering the chicken sandwich craze. Can you believe it? And here's the thing, okay? Wingstop isn't just entering the chicken sandwich craze, okay? The chicken sandwich craze is insane as it is, and we did a review that'll be coming out. Yeah, and it'll be the next week. But guess what? Next now, two weeks. And now we're going to have to do a review. Know. It's coming out in June. It's coming out in June. And now we're going to have to do a review of just Wingstop because they're coming out with 11 flavors of chicken to, sandwich. What if we try every single flavor? We should. We, we should. We got Wingstop right down the yeah, road. Yeah, literally right across But you know the what? They only have launched in a couple places. Yeah, that is factual. Columbus, Ohio, Fresno, California, Las Vegas, and Orlando, in Orlando Florida. Florida. So yeah. we can't yet when we drive to Columbus. That's what I was. Is it worth the trip to Columbus? Try all eleven flavors. It might be worth it. Who we knows? Do a road but, trip on, with a camera, right? And, and I did see that if if they are available in your city, you, you can get a free sandwich on the website or a free sandwich in the app. So, just an easy thing to do. I, I know the the article itself talks a lot about menu innovation and how that's really uh, the angle they're going to kind of try to use to acquire new customers and and keep previous customers kind of attracted to the brand and with the brand. And for me, that I think that's. Uh, a lot of all you can do right now, you can provide a very specific customer experience, and then you can also give them tangibly new things to try from your brand that they're not going to get anywhere else. And I mean, you got a chicken sandwich and a spicy chicken sandwich at every other restaurant, right? Wendy's, yep. Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, all the ones we just tried that like we talked about. And then Wingstop is coming out. I mean, do they got the list of flavors on there? Can we list them out? They got, oh yeah, yeah they do. Original hot, Cajun, atomic, mild, spicy Korean Q, lemon pepper, Hawaiian garlic parmesan, hickory smoked barbecue, Louisiana rub, and probably my favorite, mango habanero. Oh, mango habanero? I don't know about that. I'd probably be a hickory smoked barbecue or the original hot. That'd be so. Basically, it's the wing flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's li- yeah, literally is the wing flavor just compared to a chicken sandwich. And I kind of, I don't know the the. I'm a sauce guy, and everyone just you know everyone's gonna be very aware of that after the burger review that just came out and the sauce. On on the chicken itself, you know, like usually for most chicken sandwiches, I'm I'm putting like mayonnaise on it, something like that. Yeah, 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 man, like a mayonnaise and pickle kind of thing. But the sauce being on a chicken sandwich, I think that makes a a big difference. I think that makes a big difference. Maybe uh, maybe seeps in the sauce, makes it a little bit juicier. Well, we got the so, I mean, there's not many places that I know of that are like um chains like this that do that where they toss it in the wing sauce but if you go down here to the road down the road where we are there's this place called a rooster oh yeah yeah you yeah. can toss your chicken sandwich in the wing sauce and let me tell you this, this guy this look guy. this is i think this is one of the just greatest moves Wingstop could make chicken sandwich craze is insane everybody wants a chicken sandwich but you know what they don't have just a chicken sandwich they have their chicken sandwiches tossed in their wing sauce and maybe nate can pop up some of these chicken sandwich pictures um, when this episode comes out, we'll have we'll have them up so you can yeah, see that we can coordinate. They all those. look different, so that's no that's no problem on I. I know we can coordinate those pictures right, and get in there. Absolutely, man, that's a great start. I love that. That's one. a great yeah. start. I'm pumped. I'm honestly pumped. And we did just <laughs> get know. that. We got that got wing like stop like a couple bumps. months months ago. I've already hit it up four or five times. Used I, my first DoorDash experience was actually with Wingstop. You get boneless a couple weeks ago. I got it was it was very late night. It was like ten thirty at night. 
I needed something and I think they had like a deal like free delivery or something for, for through Wingstop through DoorDash or something like that. So I got it. It took like 45 minutes to an hour, but I got it. Oh yeah. A little cold when it got there, but I got it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, they, they send my like uh food delivery people usually on two deliveries and I'm always a second drop now. So it yeah, takes tough. a while. So, you know, I can't, I can't, I mean, I can't complain. Yeah. Right. You, you, you're, getting, you're getting the food delivered. <laughs> I know for, how for it works. Point. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know, we already know how it goes. Let's move on though. This one, Nate, give it to us because I think this one might be bigger than the Wingstop. It is, but uh, who? It's just go ahead, Nate. Arby's. They have the meats. They're expanding those meats now, offering burgers. And one burger, very specifically. This is their first hamburger, right? Right. It is fifty-two percent American Wagyu beef, six point four ounces, fifty percent bigger than the McDonald's quarter pounder. I just don't understand how you make a okay price point five ninety nine. Not that bad. We but just how? We, but we just did. Oh, I don't know about how. But we just did the burger review. Wendy's single was five oh nine. Culver's and Sonic were both just under four bucks. Yep. And then you had McDonald's and Burger King, which we got like the dollar menu burgers. I feel like, and then those were like a buck fifty, a buck seventy five. <laughs> the coaster burger. Right. Well. I don't know. I want to look like up five five ninety five ninety nine for an American Wagyu burger. I mean, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, but I mean, you I gotta to look try up. It. What are the like standards around what makes a burger in America a Wagyu burger or Wagyu beef? What's the standards around? I that? I I'm gonna be very far off base here because I have like two percent knowledge of Wagyu beef, but I believe it is how the cattle are raised that they are. Fed. No, you're right, but but it's like how different because Japanese Wagyu is not cheap. Right. It's not. It's you could not. Oh, so sell you're saying it. if they sourced it from Jap- Japan, what's the difference if they source it from America? Yeah, but like even American wagyu, like how are you selling it for six bucks? They're selling it, man. I don't. Know, they got a. They got a, a supplier apparently on hand. It said in the article they've been researching it for like multiple years. I think two, three years at this point. So they know what they're doing. And I gotta say, we just had Arby's. We just came back from the NRA in Chicago. We had Arby's when we were going out. I don't know if we're going to do a fry review, and it might be tough with this specific fry, but the Arby's Curly Fry, that might be my number one. Oh, it is pretty good. I never go to Arby's because I don't really like a lot of their things there, but this would probably bring me there on that. The Arby's Curly Fry is elite. Yeah, they, they are elite. It is elite. So let's talk about this. I'll look this up. So what is American Wagyu beef? I, I got to do. I got to tell the people because this is confusing me. Okay, so it's produced by crossbreeding. This is American crossbreeding cattle, usually full blood Wagyu with an Angus. Um, and the re- so, all right, so they're already mixed. Okay. Um, the result is a pleasant balance of tenderness, texture, flavor, blah blah blah. Producers aim to feed their cattle over. F- okay, so I don't like the word aim. Okay. Producers aim. Like, they we, just, like they just you, because you can aim and just miss completely. You know. Oh man, I can't get. Producers aim to feed their cattle over 400 days on a special vegetarian diet, which is what gives it that marble and uh, tenderness, like like, like yeah, Japanese so wagyu, based, based on what they're fed. But, um, yeah, I I don't know, man. I I just I, I'd want to compare that to Japanese, but um, I'm just so skeptical. Okay, I think it's gonna be so good. I'm I'm my I'm salivating. Okay, so it's 50 percent wagyu, 40 percent the other beef, and then is that just the percentage of the beef? And then what else is like a filler in there? Right, that's possible too. I'm not trying to trash talk, and I want to try, but I'm just saying I'm skeptical as hell. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I they're setting the price. I'm gonna buy. It's that simple for me. I'm not gonna dive that deep into it. 
I do know um, the CMO, Patrick Schwing, had a great quote within the article. He said, overdone burgers are over and done. That's a hell of a quote. That's just a hell of a quote. That's a great use of vocabulary. I mean, I, I got it's a great quote. Good shit, Patrick. Great shit. Unbelievable. That's pretty good. Wagyu burgers coming come to Arby's. Let's get into the next one, T. And this one is uh, a little closer to home, obviously, since we are a third-party delivery service. But we're going to try and, and stay composed here and just view it from an, an outside source. So, Nate, what, what do we got for the next one? Is Domino's rethinking third-party delivery? Well, well, okay. You can So, read off all three articles and then give me the overarching sentiment. Because they're all, they're all about third-party delivering pizza, big pizza. So that was the first one. Is Domino's rethinking third-party delivery? Driver shortages squeeze Pizza Hut competitors. And Papa John's is taking its own pizza path. Perfect. And, and I think I titled it like uh, Big Pizza versus Third-Party Delivery or something like that. And that's realistically what I want to talk about because these are clearly, I mean— the top three pizza chains, I believe, in the United States, right? I, I, I know within Domino's, it said, the article itself says one out of every three pizzas is delivered by Domino's. Which is huge. That doesn't even, I read that and I was like, what is, is that real? Like that doesn't even, 33% of all pizza is delivered by Domino's. That's, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't compute in my brain, but I mean, it's out there. It must be real. But I did There's just on the internet, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be real, right? <laughs> you, you type it in, it gives you a result, and that's what you believe. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to basically touch on the three different standpoints of these massive pizza companies. Okay. And maybe we can just kind of dissect what we see as being done right, what we think can be done better, and how we think it's going to be done moving forward, you know? So okay. we'll, start with, uh, we'll start with Domino's, right? Yeah. So Domino's... I think it is like the largest pizza chain. You it, know? it 100% is. And the one thing that I feel like they've always tried to keep all the chains in, in value is they wanted to use in-house drivers. Of right? course. But I'm seeing everywhere now when I go to a local pizza, or not a local pizza chain, but a local Domino's or a local yeah pizza chain, um, that they're always looking for drivers. They're increasing the pay and whatnot. Because, and I also have had friends, many friends who have delivered pizza. So I think it's also just not really like a job that you usually enjoy. I'm sure some people do, but a lot of my friends did not enjoy it. You go out in bad weather, you you deal with people not tipping, things like that. And with the inflation in the world too, it's like how much how good is the pay? So they're having a lot of trouble finding drivers. And it says they're rethinking it, but I, I don't know if they're gonna go through with it. See, that's what, so we'll start there, right? So Domino's aspect and, and thinking right now in third party delivery and, and the quote I had from the CEO Rich Allison. You give me the first name. Like the first line? Yeah, Rich Allison. Allison. Just want to make sure I spelled that last name right. So he basically said it would be tough, a tough time sleeping at night if they had to rely on third-party delivery. I don't want to dive too deep into that quote, but I did just want to present it. Because Domino's perspective on third-party delivery, like you said, is we don't need it. We've never needed it. Why would we need it? We're always in-house. We're always first-party you know, we can fix it. It's basically kind of the sentiment I got from the article. Well, I mean, it it, it changes things for sure. I mean, it does. 
if you're doing everything in house, your drivers, you know, unless they're out delivering, is usually on site. They know the business in and out. They've done it before. They do the same thing every time. It's not a different, you know what I mean? So there, there's benefits to doing things in house, but in the industry, in the way that it's moving, it's like, right, Rich, I mean, listen. And the industry's I, moving in this direction. And I, I just think I think caveat on off, off what you were saying earlier about your friends who've worked pizza and they don't enjoy it or it's about to pay and they're not getting paid enough. When you now have third party delivery services and, and marketplaces and aggregators and all these independent contractors can just jump. Right. Marketplace to marketplace. Do I want to deliver for DoorDash? Do I want to deliver for deliver that? Do I want to deliver for Grubhub, Postmates? And then and that's only food delivery. You know, mm-hmm. we you got we have people who do uh, medical delivery. We have people who do flower delivery. We laundry. have people who do laundry delivery. So there's so many different aspects of the IC industry now that it's like, why, why would someone who enjoys driving for their monetary gain and value limit themselves to one employer or, or only one opportunity? You know, I mean, it, it only makes sense as the independent contractor to give yourself as much opportunity as physically possible. And if you're only working for one company, that you're not doing that. Yeah, and you you also like, like you just don't have any as much freedom at all. Right. You you got to work. Gotta, and you, you got to work in the kitchen. You got to work that shift. You got to show up at that time, leave at that time. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, your freedom gets lower and lower and. But lower. I'll tell you what, I I believe that if if they switched over to using like a DoorDash or a Grubhub or like an on-demand delivery service like that, that your pizza would definitely be a lot later than it is now because they guarantee you. Some of them guarantee you if it's not there in thirty minutes then we are giving it to you for free. Yeah, I mean, I know within that article it said something about they had like 42%, if you want to like control F or something, like 42% within that article. It said, I think, like 42% timeliness or something like that. 42%? No way. They're, they're, that's they're, they're on, that's, that's, it says 41 streak, but I'm not positive on that. You said 42. Okay, here we go. One bright spot is that delivery service times improved in 42% of stores oh, year over okay. year. With improved in 42% of stores. So so their, their, their service times are actually improving even though they're right. struggling to find drivers. Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. And like you, we, it has been said throughout, we'll get to these other articles too. We can move on to Pizza and Papa John's. But the main thing that's being said by all three of these CEOs or whoever's speaking in the articles is there's no, there's no shortage on demand. You know, demand's only going up, up, up. But labor for them is just becoming a bigger, bigger headache than I think anyone ever anticipated, especially when you're dealing with delivery. I mean, they're testing um, AI delivery, robots delivering stuff in Tempe, Arizona and different places. So <clears throat> pretty soon they're probably going to have Domino's delivery bot. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty. they already do, right? It's already, isn't that Domino's who's doing it themselves? I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure. sure it is. If you want to just search like Domino's robotic delivery, I'll, I'll talk about the next article though and we can get on the next uh tidbit here but pizza hut so pizza hut is kind of like the middle ground right we'll say so if if domino's is pro first party pizza hut is kind of in between right there they've always done first party obviously you got to pull it up (laughs) is that domino's i mean that's a robot oh yeah with neuro i knew yeah they have that's a pretty good company in houston right now and oh yeah they're on it they're on the ball for sure but Pizza Hut basically is playing middle ground. So they've obviously done everything they can to keep everything first party as well, similar to Domino's, similar to Papa John's. But they've also began to join marketplaces and aggregators. So over the past year or so, they've began joining these platforms, giving their customers different ways to access them, access their pizzas, their food, their deliveries, and things of that nature. Whereas, you know, we just said Domino's is like completely 
you know, Khan doesn't want to do it. Pizza Hut's kind of in the middle. And then you got Papa John's, who's basically three years ago already started getting the 3PD game. You know, they're on marketplaces. They're on aggregators. They're on every platform you possibly could. And basically what I got from that is uh, the CEO, Rob Lynch, from Papa John's, uh, more or less said he didn't want to eliminate uh, or, or force his customers to order from one place, right? Mm -hmm. So he wants to be anywhere possible that you can order pizza. He wants their brand to be acquainted with. So you, ha you can order them on DoorDash. You can order them on Grubhub. You can order them from Papa John's website. Call it in. You can get on the website and order it. Do whatever you need to do. He just wants to be wherever you can possibly order it. Well, and I think, too, it's not a bad idea. I mean, why, why not, like, open up your, your in a way, open your market share? You know, you, you ha you're everywhere. And also, you know, you, you do want to focus on the service and things like that. But <clears throat> at the same time, if the service ends uh -oh. up failing, you know, whatever percentage of time it does, uh, it looks a little bad on Papa John's, but it's not necessarily. N nobody, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, Papa John's sucks because – this delivery driver who didn't work for them wasn't here on time. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree with that. I think uh, furthering into the quote, uh, he said, you know, it's their preference and they have the ability these days to shop in all different places. So, you know, basically just, you know, you have to adjust with the consumer marketplace, right? So if you're only, you have, you have your Papa John's app, you have your Papa John's website. Well, people are only going to be ordering from you if they literally get home that day and they say, hey, I want to get Papa John. But if you're on DoorDash and you're on Grubhub and you're on these aggregators and marketplaces, well, then you get people who are just scrolling and looking for these. Hey, what do we want to eat tonight? Do we want Chinese? Hey, what do, do we want Italian? Do we, yeah. do we want Mexican? What do we want? Oh, Papa John's is on here. Oh, they're offering a two for 15 large one topping pizza deal. Sold. You know what I mean? So it's just a good deal for me it's it's uh, yeah i don't know if that's ever a feasible deal sorry papa john's if you don't offer that but probably should, should. probably should now um but I, I i think it's just the aspect of being in the line of sight of all your customers i think is the overarching theme for me from papa john's yeah i don't know you know i can understand both takes domino's and papa john's but um your point's pretty good yeah 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 and i'm i'm i'll never harp on people trying to do first party delivery i've always been a proponent of first party delivery i think panera for years, obviously, has done first party delivery. I know during COVID, they kind of got out of that a little bit, but I'm I I do definitely agree with Rich and, and Panera and those kind of thought processes that if you can do it yourself, you should do it yourself. You know, I mean, you only want the fallback to come on one person that'd be you. So then, you know, if you are starting to work with these deliver that these Doordashes and Grubhubs, then you know you just start getting like finger pointing. Like, so who's at fault here? What Was it Domino's? Was it the delivery driver? Was it DoorDash's system? Was it, you know, the operations? Was it seamless enough? Was it this? Was it that? And if everything's done through one coordinated system, well, then you, you can source out the problems easier. You can fix them easier. And you know what's going on. You got all the data and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, I don't know who's pointing fingers over here. but Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing fingers all types of ways. I'll point where I feel. All right. Let's uh, we got one more right, and I actually I didn't even take notes on this one. I I made a mistake here. I only went through those the first. Pizza Hut, right? Driver no, no, sword. no. This one is uh, I believe the IPO, right, Nate? What do we got? Instacart is set to IPO. Nice. You might have to pull that one up, T, because I didn't uh, pull any notes from this. But I mean, it's just uh another another big dog. Another yeah. big dog hitting the IPO. 
I mean, I don't understand too much about the stock market. You might understand a little bit more than me. Um, I mean, if like, first of all, is it really a good time to be IPO? Like, I will have to cut uh, yeah. their like their net worth. Or I won't be the first one to speculate on it because I I too am not huge on the stock market. But in my brief perspective, I I wouldn't think it's a great time to IPO. I think obviously the markets since January have gone down like, you know, twenty to thirty percent or something like that. I I know. I just saw an article where Elon Musk has lost like forty billion of his net worth. Oh Lord! You know, yeah, yeah, not a big deal to Elon Musk, obviously, but still, I mean, that's like a, a third of that's his, Twitter. Uh, yeah, that is a third of his, you know, total value. So I mean, I don't know. I I don't really no, know. Not. What is? Wasn't he like one fifty? He's like in the two hundreds. Oh, is he? Okay, so it's a fifth. I mean, obviously, it's, it's not all liquid. Right, but it's still out there. But uh, what do we got? Does it say, Nate, does it say, can you browse that article a little bit? Does it say when this IPO is set to be in stone? Does it say any kind of date stuff? What are we looking at here? It does. I got it right here. All right. So, so first of all, they, 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 so they slashed their own valuation by 40% um, to $24 billion in an effort to adapt to the challenging market conditions. I want to put that out yeah, there. That's, I mean, that just kind of goes down the road you were saying. Like, why would you slash your own valuation just to IPO? There's got to be a bigger picture. Um, it doesn't really go into like when they're gonna do it. it. I don't even think it's confirmed that they're for sure gonna do it, but they drafted up the application. Yeah, right. Too. They filed with the SEC. Yeah. So it, uh, there's no really set date, but <clears throat> I don't know. I just don't know much about this stuff. But to me, like, for, look at this. This is the stock market right now. Zoom, despite being one of the biggest tech benefi- beneficiaries of the pandemic, has fallen 56 percent over the past year. Peloton has dropped. Um, hundred and twenty dollars a share. I mean, it's like yeah, it's tough. Shopify and has fallen nearly sixty percent, and then is it don't, don't you IPO when the market's good? Yeah, I, I'm I'm the last person to ask about an IPO to be hundred percent honest. But two, and my thinking is is if you type in like uh, you pull up a new tab team, type like uh, grocery delivery layoffs. I think in like the last two weeks, like four different grocery delivery services have laid off like. 20, 30, 40, 50% of their employees. I know one is Gitter, G-E-T-I-R. Um, I think another one just announced today that they're laying off like 20% of their employees. So it's just a wild time. I think it's unprecedented what's happening right now. And I think it's a little tough to navigate, especially when we're not so fluid in the stock markets like like most people may be. But maybe we can we, we can touch on this. The, I mean, I, I know we need to move on, but we, maybe we can touch a little bit on what's going on. Right. So, I mean, what we got, we got gas prices out the roof all around the world. We got um, grocery prices increasing, too. It's literally insane. Uh, Everything's prices increasing. And then um, the market is crashing. Nate, you're a little into stocks. Do you know anything about this? Um, All I can say is what I have highlighted here is that it has not been going well since November 2021 for companies like Instacart, like DoorDash, Shopify, Zoom. Peloton, DoorDash is down more than fifty percent since November twenty twenty one. Shopify is down sixty percent since November twenty twenty one. Yeah, the the only thing, and this is like a a gold, a pot of gold at the end end of the rainbow type of thing in my mind is like maybe they think that like this is like the end, like the crash has happened, and once they IPO by like by like the end of the year, things are gonna start to snowball and pick back up. So then their company is gonna just jump in value. Yeah. 
And you just don't know. There's so much things out there about that we're going to a recession, this and or this maybe, and that. Or maybe, but maybe we don't. What, what if Instacart acquires Grubhub? What if that happens? Is that a possibility? Who knows, right? They're trying to get sold. What if Instacart acquires Grubhub? Then they got a whole bigger de- delivery fleet. They got a whole different ballgame. That's true. That's true. I mean, we all expected companies to drop, you know, drastically after the pandemic had calmed down anyways because people weren't going to be relying on it as much. But between that and the market right now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. But it was a top headline. We had to talk about it, folks. We had to talk about it. And uh, maybe we should do some stock research. We should. Well, Ben, now that we got out of the acquisitions, mergers, partners, and some of the big headlines, let's get into some of that deliver that data, some of that good stuff. I'm ready to get into it. All right. I'm ready to get into it. We got a good one to start off with, as always. We're going to touch on the top performers for the month of May. This is obviously by delivery count as well, total deliveries. Um, We're going to focus on the volume that these individuals have run. Nate, who do we got here? Starting from uh, bottom to top. Coming in number three in Miami, we have Daniela G. How many how many deliveries she run there, Nate? 173 deliveries. 173. This is Nate. You might have to uh, go back into my docs and pull up the April in the news document to see what our numbers were. Because that might be the top performer. Yeah, we we should have written this down beforehand. So similar to March compared to April, the third place driver did more deliveries than first place the next month. And I believe we had a similar result here as well. Daniela G with 173. I think last month was Ghani with 171. Nate's going to have to crunch some numbers here to get this doc pulled up. I feel like it might be 173. I I don't know. But I got to say, while Nate pulls this up, not surprised to see Daniela's name on here whatsoever. Has been a longtime driver. Has always worked very hard. Has always taken as many deliveries as she could. She calls in and asks for deliveries. And she does one hell of a job um in the miami market's so busy i think you see the scaling not only are, is, is she outstanding you also see the scaling of deliver that in general with number three being number one possibly yeah the, i mean it's definitely more deliveries than any driver ran in, in march and i think it was up there for april as well and uh, yeah I'll, I'll continue on your statements about daniela daniela similar to uh like a minion and a charles and a, and a bob levitin Th- these are drivers whose names you know you say Daniela in the office it's Daniela from Miami you know you know mm-hmm. what I mean like we might have other Daniela's on the platform but Daniela is Daniela in Miami yep I mean, if someone says Daniela's calling in you know who it is immediately there's no question about it and it's just a yeah and like you said I mean she's calling in she's texting and she's routing herself looking for more deliveries she if she wakes up on a day and doesn't have a delivery she's calling in immediately hey do you have anything for breakfast hey do you have anything for dinner and we're going on from there all right, I found the numbers for April. What do we got? What do we got? Looks like Ghani was the top performer in April with 177. Oh, man. Wow. that's. I mean, even still, she's she's four short of the top performer from April. And this is this is where I told you off camera here, T, where we have a reoccurring theme here with our second place winner. Nate, who, who do we got in second place? This is yeah, It's starting to become laughable. Yeah. It really is. Who do we got? Second place, we got Bill J out in San Diego with 180 deliveries. And how many, Nate, you got pulled up. How many did you do last month? Last month, we are looking at Bill J. Should be in second place last month, too. 169, one off. 
My guy does 11, 11, 11 more deliveries, and he's still in second place. And he was in the top three performers in, Mar- in, March, in March as well. I, I think he's been second place every month so far. Since we started and doing And he keeps this. leveling himself up. Good job out there, Bill. 180 deliver- deliveries is, you know, actually ridiculous. I don't know what the record is, but these three numbers right here are, um, you know, pretty close I mean, well, to it. I- I'll say it now because we've never really kept track of this before. Th- these are the record. You know yeah. I mean, this is this is now the top three deliveries per month ever taken. Yep. Right. Because March we had, I think, was 150, maybe 140 was the top. Last yep. month was 177. And now we got Bill J in second all time at 180. And let's get a little <clears throat> drum roll for first place. OK. All right. Oh, Nate, who we got? We got Todd G on D.C. with 191 deliveries. Todd G. And this is, uh, I, w- I will say this about Todd. Todd, when he first came on the platform, was super, super active. Mm-hmm. Kind of did his <clears> thing for a little while. And then, and then I won't say disappeared, but wasn't as active. And then over the past month or so, he came storming back. I mean, storming back. 191 is absolutely insane. So that's 11 more than number two. And number two is seven more than the last one. Quick math. I got to do the So we're seeing math. an 18 jump from number three. And that is... That's insane. So, yeah, what is 191 deliveries in a month? How many are you taking a day? 195. Boy, I always get confused at this part. So, to get that, we got to do 195 divided by... 191. 191, right? Divide by four weeks in a month. That's 47.75 per week divided by five days a week, we'll call it. 9.55 deliveries a day. And I mean, he's taking some on the weekend, so we can probably, you know, cut yeah, a, that maybe down a little seven, bit, eight, but re- seven, eight a day. I mean, regardless, that is actual money. Like, that is insane. It's unbelievable. It, I mean, you're you're making, I mean, that's uh, a beyond a livable wage at that point. Oh Especially when you're, you're each of these deliveries, I think tip pool during this period, we hit again, we're above 20 at one point during the month of May. I think we hit like 18, 19, 20, and then. 19 again, I think, for the last week of, of May. So, I mean, those are, I mean, those deliveries are literally paying minimum $25. Yeah. Well, no, plus seven. So, minimum $26. Yeah, minimum minimum $26. And uh, who knows, you know, what goes on the back end. And also, you know, it, it, who knows how much time he actually has to spend every day to do it. That's the thing. A lot of these drivers are done by two, three o'clock with their day because a lot of the deliveries are at lunchtime and they just know how to route stack and get the jobs there on time. So unbelievable. Big shout out to Todd G, Bill J, and Daniela G, Miami, San Diego, and DC. You guys are killers. Great job. Thank you. Thank you, folks, so much. And, and we do want to shout out too. We had a, we'll, we'll give a, a little honorable mention here just to close <coughs> it out. We had Dean G in Miami at 135 for fifth place, and Renee P in Boston, fourth place, 142. Also, two drivers we talked to. All the time, constantly, and they're um that, those are like the number one and two numbers for for March. So those let's not pretend like those aren't crazy numbers. Yeah, yeah. also unbelievable effort on all parties there. Nate, let's uh, scoot right on to new partner. <clears throat> Who we got? First one we got is Sweetfin in San Diego. Sweet. Finn, San Diego, bringing out some competition for my Luna Grill, folks, if you know. And we got Takaya out there, too. So, yeah. Bill J, he's got another partner to delivery for out in San Diego. Those numbers are just ticking up and up. Yeah, yeah. San Diego's a busy place for catering. And Sweet, Sweet Finn is a um, California-inspired and chef-driven restaurant. So, you know, like when I, when I went on their website here, the thing that popped up was one of their new bowls that they had that a chef had come out with. Nice. So, they, you know, they have things like protein power bowls. 
a lot of different kinds. Of, it, it looks like, honestly, the whole menu is just different bowls, and then they have a couple extras like popcorn, taro chips, and then like Dream Pops, which it, that looks I'm just going to throw this out there. It looks, um, uh, I can't think of the word, but uh, like di- not di- not diet motivated, but health, health motivated. Are those bowls like very health focused, it seems? Oh, yeah. There, it says it's actually, um, so it's poke and plant-based. So you're looking oh, at okay. what raw fish and end up and plant-based food. So, I mean, these are definitely health dri- health driven. Health driven. Yeah. Nice. All right. Sweet Finn out in San Diego. I think that we have a location for them that's a little north of the city. I think towards uh, like Carlsbad and that kind of location. I'm not sure how many locations they have out in San Diego, but Sweet Finn, happy to have you. I would love uh, to try that. Yeah. I know the folks in San Diego will be pumped as well to get those deliveries. Next, we got Viva Chicken. Charleston. Okay, okay. So this is a reoccurring partner, but this is a new location. So I think Viva Chicken, we started with them. I almost want to say like it's like Charlotte or maybe like a, a Nashville location almost. So, so a little south of us somewhere. I think I think you're right, Charlotte. Yeah, and and so now we're moving into Charleston, South Carolina. So just a a little expansion for them. Obviously, they must appreciate some of the work our drivers are putting in, as do we. And uh they brought on another location. What could Viva Chicken, I see you pulling it up to you. What can you got any briefings we can give the folks about Viva Chicken real quick? Obviously, I would assume like a, a classic chicken sandwich is something we're looking at. Maybe some some drums, some legs, some thighs. What do we got? Well, so I don't know much about this, but it's a Peruvian chicken restaurant. So obviously, oh, wow. they're Viva La Chicken. They're focusing a lot on chicken and menu items include. So it's authentic Peruvian cuisine. And menu items include things like pollo a la brasa, which is a signature dish found across all their locations, made from free-range chicken, marinated for 24 hours. Um, looks like it comes with fries and a side. So a lot of chicken dishes. Actually, if you go to their website, I encourage you to. This stuff looks amazing. Viva chicken. Hell yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. And let's uh, let's get through this last one here so we can move on to one of my favorite segments of the week. Uh, Nate, last one. Last one, we got Sullivan Steakhouse, multiple locations, Little Rock, Baton Rouge, and Pittsburgh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I love it. I love seeing these partners that are just kind of uh, continuing the partnership with us. You know, they, they start in a, um, a, like a minute area, a few locations, a handful of locations. And as they see the results, they continue to add these new cities to their submission form. So now we got Little Rock, Arkansas. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who we just started with Franks. I think we talked about them last month in the new partnerships. Yep. And also Pittsburgh. And in Pittsburgh, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We got Buka, Bravo, Easy Cater. So Pittsburgh, another boom in market as well for catering. Just love to see that. And you know, although these are new <clears throat> direct partners of ours, it's uh, our drivers are aware and they've delivered for you know at, at least Viva Chicken and Sullivan plenty of times. So, oh yeah. So we're well we're well aware how to handle it, and it's nice to see them uh, working directly with us. Love it. Yeah. Appreciate all the drivers and, and hopefully you guys will see this new action coming to you, you know, almost immediately. Yeah. Immediately. So thank you guys so much. And uh, let's we got the be- the best segment of the show, I think. Now, the right? setup winners for April. May. Or for May. Sorry. <laughs> the screen actually says March. Yeah, it actually does say March. We need to update that pretty badly. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, setup winners for May. Coming to you live from the screen, we have not seen these set up. Well, we've seen them. We voted on them as a collective in the office, but we don't know who the winners are. Nate's going to reveal those as we go. So, Nate, fifth place, who do we got? 
Margaret L. out in Las Vegas. Can we get oh, that a little bigger, yeah. Nate? Is that possible? Oh, yeah. It looks like uh, we got some boxes of sandwiches. There we go. Okay. Well, so what do we got? We got. I got to take these glasses off. What's this restaurant? I can't. I can't tell. I think it's Earl of Sandwich. Earl, Earl of Sandwich. sandwich. I, I remember from the voting process because all the all the set of pictures did say what restaurant they were from. Earl of Sandwich. So we got a. As the viewers will see at home, we'll, we'll describe it in detail for the podcast folks a little a little better though. Uh, basically, your classic uh, sandwich lunch. You know, individually botched lunch. So we got. Looks like we got uh, some chips, a bunch of chips in the front-facing section, mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of labeled boxes of sandwiches. So actually making the process for the customers even easier. You know, you know which sandwich you're grabbing before you, you don't have to open it up, read you know BLT written on the wrapper, or read chicken bacon ranch written on the wrapper. You know, it just it has a picture and a nice label above the boxes as well. It's a great setup. Yeah, I wonder too. You know, if if she had to put those pictures up or you know how that works because that you know that would be you know another step in the process. And it's always nice. Uh, Margaret L, uh, another driver we're well aware of who's been delivering for a long time and does a great job. And also. Um, it's nice to have, uh, you know, easy, easily transferable packaging like this. You know, these, sure. these sandwich places always do a great job. Great job, Margaret. That's a lot of sandwiches to deliver. Looks like you got a lot of people ready to eat them. Right and there uh, too. Margaret is actually in our Las Vegas driver spotlight video as well. <clears throat> so if you want to hear a little bit more from Margaret, check out that video. <clears throat> Shout out, Margaret. Fourth place, Nate. Who we got? <clears throat> Fourth place, we've got Aya I out in Los Angeles. Is this... I think she's got fourth place every month we started doing this. And I mean, I think the last one was Takaya, too. Aya is scooping them up with the Takaya deliveries. And this one's amazing. What do we got? We got uh, some L.A. Rams, like uh, like paintings or maybe even jerseys in the background there. Pretty, oh, yeah. Pretty unbelievable. And then, I mean, this is this has got to be, I'm, I'm saying pushing 600 bucks worth of food. I mean, you got how many boxes there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, oh, nine, that's, 10, 11. that's a lot. Yeah. Plus all on those back rows. I mean, we're pushing 20 Takaya boxes, all with multiple foil pans in those boxes. I mean, that's a hell of a delivery. Yeah. <clears throat> Beautiful always from Takaya. And I, uh, I mean, good. You've made the top five three times in a Since row. Since we started doing In the News, I has been in the top five every single time. I mean, great job. Like, great job. That is awesome. It's a beautiful setup. And also, can't lie, the angles and the ways the pictures are taken, you know, that always adds to the uh, to the possibility of the win. Great picture. Great picture. Third place, Nate. Who we got? Third place, Penelope D, Northeast Ohio hometown. Penny. Penny. <clears throat> Penny. We had her on in, in person in an interview yeah. with Megan. With Megan. Uh, the, the NEO Dream Team. They, yeah, NEO Dream Team. And here's, here's a dream that came to life right here. Funny story about this picture, too. I didn't even notice during the voting process. If you check out our LinkedIn, we posted these photos on our LinkedIn, actually. I didn't because so what I do, I come in the mornings and try to generate some content with us and I check out all the large orders we have on the day and I reach out to the drivers. I'm like, hey, we're trying to generate some content. Can you take some pictures of these large orders? Oh, yeah. She texted me a couple of these. Not this. The one I got is like her posted up, like posing for the picture. So that's maybe we can throw that one in there on the back end process as well later on. But yeah, this is. I believe this was a BB Bop setup. If I if I'm guessing correctly, there. Uh, another key to the process. It's got the DT bag in the back. That's always a, a great key to see. And then this is just a great assembly line setup. You got the bowls and the silverware. You got it. Looks like maybe the the rice were just secondary right in the beginning. Then you got the rest of the toppings. So. I mean that's just a, that's textbook. 
Yeah, I mean, Penny did a great job. I kind of wish that we had like, like, would it be cool if we just started doing like a set of video contests? Because this is a picture you had to take to really capture how much food she really delivered and how beautiful she did. You had to get it from the side. But what if we had that like panorama or like a video going around? And it? I'm I'm ninety five percent certain there's more food on that back counter there as well that's cut off. Of the picture. We might we we might not have to start getting video submissions. Yeah, I mean, we can definitely try try our damnedest. Let's uh scoot on to number two, second place. Eric oh. P. out in Phoenix. <laughs> oh, man. This guy, how do he squeak in here? Unbelievable. Oh, Derek. Derek, look at that. Look at that R and M. See, this is what I mean. This is, I mean, that is beautiful, yeah. man. Unbelievable. I mean, hey, you can hate on the fact that he had some really aesthetic from the environment that he was in, but that's voted on. Yeah, I will say, too, I, I know Nate, when we sat down and he was mentioned in this picture, he, he I think Nate voted for this picture himself, and he said basically solely because of that background lighting. And like you said, this is uh, it's almost an aesthetic thing over, over a setup thing, right? Well, the so, setup's pretty good, too. Yeah, I mean, the setup is great. It's got the sauces on the end. The, the pans are perfectly aligned, got the utensils already in it as well. But the background is what makes this picture. I mean, let's not, let's not sugarcoat what's happening here. It, it's... It's the lighting of the photo, the logo in the background. I, I, I mean, he's out in Phoenix. I assume the the underlying there of the RM is like a, a mountain, a mountain oh, drop, yeah. a mountain range of some sort. So <laughs> that's a great picture. Yeah, good job, Derek. That's an awesome picture. And, um, you know, to take the time, too, to get that full, you know, that full array of food, you know, if you, those camera skills help. So good job, man. Unbelievable. Derek, Derek P. And we'll get another, another drum roll going. First place, who we got? Ryan D. out in Indianapolis. Ryan, wow, this is like a tubular picture. It's almost like a TV yeah. This screen. is a, it almost it's like panoramic. Those colors are wild too. Is that like a verde salsa? Third from the left there. What do we got? Those are salsas and like corns or something like that. It looks it looks crazy. Is that Moe's? There's Qdoba. Qdoba. You got the Qdoba chip <clears throat> bag right there in the back right. Uh, okay. It looks like almost um, the picture was like the colors were enhanced. Can we is can we call a violation here of some sort? Is there you think that the colors were enhanced? How those greens look just like that like that middle, that middle green. That, you know, but he's saying that your green just isn't real. I mean that one that is a bright green for some lettuce. I is that lettuce, Nate? What is that? Yeah, you know, lettuce. Right next to like, the sour cream, it looks like. I'm gu I'm guessing that one's guac. Yeah, oh, that's for okay, sure. Okay, guac. okay, guac. Okay, that and then to the right is lettuce. Okay. You have, you have, yeah, you have glasses? I definitely need them. And thank thank the Lord for our health care because I can afford it. But um, let's continue on with the picture. I mean, this is a, and this is a, like we talked about before. I think we've already had a few Qdoba first place finishes. And this is, um, it takes a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. Those and, are all in racks and you, you get rewarded for your time, right? You got the foil pans in the racks, in the sternos, utensils ready to go. The Q Qdoba branding right on the right side. The sauces, the corn, the lettuce all ready to go right in front as well. I don't see the shells or the tacos or anything. I imagine maybe that's on a plate in the background. Oh, bottom right. Where are they at, Ryan? Oh, okay. But I mean, I mean, that's it's tough to beat. It's t it, it is very tough to beat a well done Qdoba Qdoba setup. It is. I mean, because you because know, we know the work that goes into it, and then when it's as beautiful as this, I mean, how do you win? Unbelievable. And what's uh Ryan D for first place? He's getting. Looks to me like we. Oh yeah, here we go. Fifth place wins fifty dollars and one deliver that bag. Fourth place wins fifty dollars, one bag and one deliver that hat. Uh, third place earns a hundred dollars and one deliver that bag. Fourth place a hundred dollars, one deliver that bag and one deliver that hat. And 
second place. Um, I just said that, right? I have no idea. You said, I think you said fourth place like three times, if I'm being 100% transparent. Hey, did, did you hear that? I, th- I think you left off on third. All right, okay, okay, okay. So third place will go with that, wins $100, and I deliver that bag. Second place wins $100, I deliver that bag, and I deliver that hat. And then first place, as you were asking, took us about a long time to get here, um, receives $200 to deliver that bag and one deliver that hat. 200 bucks, two thermal bags, does it say? Is it thermal bags? Or is it just regular the soft shells? Do you know? Does it clarify? So has a picture here. It looks like it is a thermal bag. Thermal bag, baby. Always need them for those deliveries. Up in the equipment game for Ryan D there and everyone, obviously, who also finished within the running. A great effort again this week. A great showing. Um, can we run down the winners again? We had fifth place, Margaret gotta... L from Vegas. Fourth place, Aya I in LA. Third, Third place, place, Penelope. Penelope. From NEO up there in Cleveland. Second place, Derek P. Derek P. Phoenix AZ. And first place, the great, the notorious, the everlasting Ryan D. With a Qdoba setup from Indianapolis, Indiana. Thank you, folks. We'll get your gifts out to you as soon as physically possible. And let me throw it in there. that, that um, Those rewards were completely wrong. That was an article from 2019 rewards for the setup picture contest are fifth place gets $50 one thermal bag fourth place gets $50 one thermal bag one DT shirt third place gets $100 and one thermal bag fourth place $100 one thermal bag one DT shirt and first place $200 two thermal bags one DT shirt that's the rewards congratulations to everybody thank you so much for putting in that extra effort folks we always appreciate it Man, that was a hearty show, mm-hmm. if I do say so myself. We covered a lot of ground here, starting with the acquisitions and mergers, the major headlines, top performers, new partners, setup winners, and now we're going to do a little foreshadowing, right? We got the guests to look out for for the month of June. This will obviously be coming out the first Friday of June. I believe that is June 3rd. Mm-hmm. And from there... We got a big guest coming on, a big one, Bob L. I think we've referenced him a few times in podcasts already. He's making an appearance on June the 10th. I was actually editing that video earlier today, getting mm-hmm. it ready for a good press release. Um, great guy out in L.A. How we feel about Bob? Bob, great guy. He was the prop master. He had everything. Yeah. He had everything to show you. If you are wondering how to be more prepared then you should watch his podcast because he tells you exactly what he does, how he gets orders, and he tells you the kind of equipment that he uses. Yeah, we're talking equipment. We're talking phone plans. We're we're covering every single base you ever could. The next week is one of my favorites. This is probably one of the most fun ones we've recorded so far. Obviously, we, we just released the Burger Review which was actually done after this one. So this was technically the first food review we recorded, but it's coming out a little later. The Chicken Sandwich Review on chicken June 17th. Chicken Sandwich Review. We took four of the most famous chicken sandwiches. Um, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, uh, KFC, and uh, Wendy's. Wendy's. And we reviewed them all. And why, why don't you just watch it to find out the results? Because it was pretty darn interesting. Yeah, to, and Ben was wrong. Yeah, to say that we were incorrect in our assumptions would almost not even. Be an understatement. Just doesn't even cover it. 
nearly enough. So please, please check out that video when it comes out. And we will close out the month with another, another big guest. I've already talked to him like four or five times since we recorded that podcast. I talked to him yesterday over the phone. Um, he shot me a text, asked me to call him. I shot him a call. Felipe P down in Miami. You've seen him in his our Koyo Taco videos. He's the driver doing the pickups, doing the setups, doing a little testimonial for us. And we finally got him to sit down, take some time out, give you guys some tips and tricks, talk about the platform. And talk about how he does what he does because he does a damn good job. Yep, just a great high-energy guy, and I really, really enjoyed speaking with him. Ben met him in person before that podcast even happened. Talk a lot about what happened down in Miami when DT was there. I encourage you to check it out. Awesome, 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 awesome. Another great episode in the books, folks. As always, please go to the link at the bottom here, ideliverthat.com backslash podcast. That's ideliverthat.com backslash podcast. You can sign up to be a driver, submit questions, Submit to be a guest and join Tristan and I on the podcast. If you don't want it to be with Tristan, let me know. Yeah, or Ben, you, know, you can let me know. But thank you again, folks, for joining. Another beautiful Friday in the books, and we will see you next Friday. Thank you.